Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast, hosted by Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welkie Customs Brokers USA. Damon is a licensed US customs broker and certified customs specialist with more than 18 years experience in the import, export, customs transportation and logistics sectors. Each month, Trade Secrets will bring you guests in the industry to provide their insights on timely trade issues to give you an advantage in international trade. So now, let's talk trade. Welcome to the podcast, Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welkie Custom Brokers USA. Uh, today on the podcast, we have a very special guest, Dennis Unkovic. He is a, an attorney out of the Pittsburgh area, and we actually sat on a panel last year together on USMCA for the chamber down there. Dennis, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Damon, it's great. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast. It's a freezing day today, but other than that, everything's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got the same weather up here in Buffalo, so we're. It was a cold morning. I actually had to put a hat on today, so it was the first uh, first this year for the hat. Um, you have a new book out, so let's start uh, start off the conversation with the new book, "Transforming the Global Supply Chain." Tell us about that, Dennis. Uh, thanks, Damon. Um, I've been following the supply chain for years and years, but about a year and a half ago, I started to take a look at what was happening in the global supply chain, and I thought I'd, I'd write a book because we were then in the middle of something called COVID, which yeah. we all unfortunately know too much about, <laughs> and um, I wanted to know whether or not COVID was the the cause or one of the main causes for the supply chain, and I came to the conclusion it was not. It was sort of like, imagine your house is on fire, you're running down the stairs, you see smoke, you run out the front door, and somebody's standing there with a bucket full of gasoline, and they throw it in the house, and the house explodes. Uh, did the gasoline cause the house to explode? Yes. Was it the cause? No, it was because you had a fire. Pretty much that, I think, is what COVID has done over the last two years in accelerating changes in the supply chain that really I've been tracking for the last eight to ten years. Okay, nice. That's why I wrote the book. Great, great. So um, tell us now just a little bit about your background here. What, uh, where do you, you're an attorney, obviously, in the Pittsburgh area we mentioned, but tell us how long you've been doing that, how you got into the business, and, and what your focus is in your practice. Uh, years ago, when I was very young, I was chief counsel to Hugh Scott when he was Senate Minority Leader during Watergate. Um, after that, I came back to Pittsburgh, and I'm a partner with a law firm here of about 60 lawyers. And I've been doing international business ever since then. Uh, my first trip to Asia was in 19, I think, 85 or 86. And I've been back there more than 100 times, essentially doing business deals between what is Asia and the U.S. And that's my background. And a key part of what I've been doing for years has been the supply chain, either taking U.S. European companies to Asia or more recently encouraging them to come back to the U.S. Okay. Okay. Which obviously gave you great insight for the book. Um, it sounds like this fits right in your wheelhouse, and I'm interested to get a copy and read it. Um, for our listeners, what's the best way to contact you or the best place to acquire a copy of the book? If you go on to the Amazon website, type in Dennis, D-E-N-N-I-S, Unkovic, U-N-K-O-V-I-C, under search, and you'll the book will pop up. The book was published in uh, October of uh, last year, uh, 2021, and it's fortunately in its second printing. It's, it's getting pretty wide 
pretty favorable reviews. Um, I highlight in the book Max Trends, which I think are the real reasons, not COVID, for what we're seeing changes in the global supply chain. That includes, I talk about cybersecurity as one of the max trends. Another one is robotics and AI. The third one is 3D printing, or uh, that, that is really uh, a revolutionary trend that we could talk about if you want. And probably the key one is the increasingly poor relationship between China and the United States as far as trade goes. And I think that, of the four max trends, will have the greatest uh, impact on why the supply chain is going to continue to fracture going forward. You know, you, you piqued my interest there with the uh, 3D printing and the supply chain. How do, how how are you linking those two together? I mean, I'm, I'm obviously a, a tech guy and uh, very interested in this. We do help some companies import 3D printers, but how has that affected the supply chain? That's a that's a that's a great connection there. Okay, first of all, let's just, let's talk about China. Most people yeah. went to China because many companies in Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and elsewhere in the Midwest. Uh, abandoned manufacturing and sent it all overseas. That was The reason was the Chinese had built a great infrastructure and their labor was cheap. Basically, Chinese labor is no longer cheap. And so the concept of, uh, if you are a financial guy, what's your EBITDA? How do I not put money into inventory? How do I have cash available? Those reasons are gone. And yeah. so the relationship between China and the United States, as it gets worse, is making people question about, should I be in China or should I be somewhere else? Mm -hmm. um, 3D manufacturing, as you know, because you, you, know, you have many clients in the business, started out in the 1980s when you needed a part that, that, uh, for a prototype. And you, you, instead of machining it, you used a, essentially a machine that used plastic to create a part. Yep. Obviously, yep. 3D manufacturing or printing has expanded exponentially since then. Today, we have server farms uh, all over the country whereby you can produce a part. Now, it's not as cheap to make, uh, let's say, 500 parts on a 3D printer as it would be to make a million per unit if you're making them in China. Mm -hmm. But a lot of companies have found over the last year and a half as the supply chain has gotten less reliable, gee, yeah. what if I need a part? How do I get it? 3D manufacturing is really there. And it's not just making plastics. As you know, you can now mix plastics with metals, different kinds of metals. And so I see 3D manufacturing as essentially revolutionizing where a company makes things because it's not just a question of how cheaply can I make it, but more importantly, how reliably can I make a good component and can I get that component the day or the week or the moment when I want it rather than saying, oh, it's on a ship, um, there are you know, 500 ships backed up in L.A. Harbor, we'll get it to you in the next couple of months. Yeah. That's really why I think 3D manufacturing is just absolutely exploding. And uh, in the western Pennsylvania area where I'm located, we, we're having a growth of server farms and 3D manufacturing, and I know Buffalo area is famous for its manufacturing. So I yeah. think this is something that your listeners ought to take a close look at. Yes, definitely. And and you're right. This is this is something that has been created for years now. It's not something that COVID has created. Uh, like you said, it's it's a it's a it's a symptom that was brought out because of the the covid pandemic and what that did in the in the industry um i can give you one example there's a company that i know in new jersey that produces like a fourteen hundred dollar unit 
for something. I can't say exactly what it right, was. Right. But they had 1,200 of them sitting on the shelf when I talked to them. This is about seven or eight months ago. And I said, what's wrong? They said, uh, we're, we're missing this $15 part that comes from China. They promised it. It's not coming. Uh, uh, we can't sell these other units. So they essentially had their whole inventory backed up because of a darn $15 plastic part they couldn't get from China. Oh Make gosh. a long story short, I turned them over to a... Uh, 3D printing company, they got the part and they sort of were able to overcome what was a very short-term problem. And that, I think, more and more companies are going to realize that that's really important to have those kind of capabilities out there because it's like a if, if, if you have a mechanical watch, it might have, you know, 150 parts. Mm-hmm. And as long as you have all 150 parts, it's going to run beautifully. One part breaks, the rest of the watch is essentially just metal, useless yep. metal, because it won't run. And that's really why supply chain is so critical to so many companies around the world. Right. And now, obviously, we're seeing the supply chain time, the, the length of time for these uh, shipments to come from China or elsewhere in the world to the U.S. has been increased dramatically. Uh, congestion, trucker shortage, uh, lots of uh, economic issues. It, it's just, it's a whole midred. So, I'm hoping to get a copy of this book soon here. I'm going to go on Amazon Damon, right now and order. get off this call, I'll be mailing you one today. <laughs> I'd be delighted to send you one. I appreciate that. Um, now, uh, we we just found out about something, and, and you and I were talking about this a little bit earlier, and this is the uh, Federal Reserve Bank, and Liberty Street Economics is doing a new barometer for global supply chain pressures. Can you Can you give some insight to our listeners on that also? Well, this shows your listeners why they listen to your podcast. You're really, really up to date. This is terrific. Uh, Less than a week ago, the Federal Reserve Bank of New York um, has a group of economists. It's called Liberty Street Economics. And what they did, Damon, as you know, they said, why don't we, the Fed, start taking a look at the global economy from the standpoint of logistics, shipping costs, and essentially the supply chain? So what they've done is they've created three indicators that they, the Fed, the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, are going to be tracking in the future. The first one is going to be cross-border transportation costs because, um, as you know, the, the increase in container shipping rates from essentially, let's say, uh, August, of, uh, August of 2020, which is, what, a year and a half ago, to today has at one point went up over 600%. So those container shipping costs, uh, although they've dropped a bit recently in, in over the last couple of months, are still up three or four hundred percent. That the Fed thinks is really important. The second thing they're going to do is they want to rely on country level manufacturing data that they're going to get from uh, purchase managers indexes, and they want to see pretty much. Um, how the backlogs are going for subcomponent parts. This goes back to what you and I were talking about a few minutes ago. If your subcomponents, instead of being available in three weeks, are now only available in 12 weeks, that's completely going to upset the relationship for how you know you can plan and whether or not you need more inventory or not. And and then there are obviously other changes, but uh, yeah. I would encourage. I know you'll be following this for your customers and your clients. Yeah. But 
I think the fact that the Fed is taking a look at this is really, really important, and it shows how important supply chain is even to the feds. And, you know, supply chain has become more and more important, uh, and to be a core par- part of businesses, uh, and and we're just seeing that, you know, I got into this in the in the early 90s, I got into, in, into uh, logistics and supply chain, but uh, ever since then, you know, the growing demand for product, the growing demand for manufacturers, and the, the migration from warehouses to just-in-time has created this large impact on what's going on today so we'll definitely keep a close eye on this and uh dennis what i want to do now is just kind of if you could give our listeners maybe like two really good two or three really good points um to kind of wrap things up that would be fantastic what uh what are the top two or three things that you're going to be looking for and following i have two pieces of advice for your listeners number one if you are in a company that relies in just-in-time manufacturing, you are just-in-time in trouble. And so what you should do is take a look at your supply chain that you have now and probably bring in an outsider to do this because sometimes people internally who are doing your supply chain may not have been doing a good job. Find out which parts you need, absolutely need, when you need them, and where they're manufactured. A lot of companies, Damon, have made a mistake. They're saying, oh, my supplier is in Buffalo, or my supplier is in L.A., and they give me all the parts that I want. But they fail to realize that a lot of those component parts aren't made in the U.S. They're made somewhere else. So I think you have to track them down. And so, for example, if you are sole source supplied out of China now for anything, whether it's a two-cent part or it's a, it's a large thing, I would say you need to think about finding a second alternative source of supply. Not necessarily shut down your China supply, Damon, but really make sure that you know where things are coming from. Because exactly. if you're somebody like General Electric and they're making a... Um, uh, an engine, you know, a, a diesel engine for, for, for railroads, how many parts are in there? Well, you need to know where they're coming from. And if you haven't done this for your company, I think you ought to do it yesterday. Yep. Obviously, I'm making a joke. Agree. Do it immediately yeah. because you don't know what the problem is. Yep. The and second piece of advice I give to your listeners is, unfortunately, and I do work for a lot of big companies that I can't identify, but it's been a, it's been something I've seen often. C-suite individuals, whether the CEOs or the executive vice presidents, those people often thought that logistics was just, oh, well, that's one of the minor things. We'll let somebody down the line take care of it. Because I think that's critically a mistake. Because in the long run, your company's ability to produce and to sell whatever it does when you're dealing with component parts relies on the supply chain. So it should be a top level priority for the C-suite people. And for anyone on your call here who might be on a board of directors or a director of a company, really goes to the board too. If If your president, CEO, if he or she isn't doing what they should be doing in this area, maybe you should think about whether you have the right person. Now, that's not gonna make me very popular with some of the executives out there, but I don't really care. <laughs> right. If you have a major risk to your company and you're not paying attention to it, in the long run, Damon, 
good thing good things are not going to happen exactly exactly and i'm just going to layer one thing on there is um, with where you're sourcing from make sure you look at the trade agreements that are currently in place with the united states i see many companies just miss out on you know paying high duties because they haven't thought about those trade agreements that we have those free trade agreements with many different countries throughout the world so that might one help of the good in things that, that happened damon as you know is that we used to have the north american free trade agreement nafta it's now now yes. called the USMCA, but it is improved, and and so <laughs> the abilities to find you know better suppliers in Canada or in Mexico are better now than they were a couple of years ago. So don't yeah. ignore North America. Everything doesn't have to come from Asia. Exactly, exactly. Dennis, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. We're going to wrap things up uh, again. One last uh, way, if if somebody's interested in getting a hold of you for either so the book, we're going to go to Amazon, and for if they want to get a hold of you for advice or to engage what uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you um, I have an email address it's D like Dennis you like Unkovic at muslaw.com um, I also have a website it's called www.dennis d-e-n-n-i-s u-n-k-o-v-i-c dot com it contains background on my book and uh, some advice for companies. But, Damon, thank you so much for having me on your program. It's really been fun. You're welcome. Thank you again, Dennis. And again, for our listeners, if you have any questions, please reach out to us. Send them my email at Damon, D-A-M-O-N, at Welke, W-E-L-K-E, U-S-A dot com. Uh, Dennis, thanks again, and that's a wrap. This has been Trade Secrets, the podcast hosted by Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welke Customs Brokers USA. Thank you for listening.